Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gateway to Cinema, the spin-off of the far more popular podcast Reboot Already Underway, the canine and company to the main podcast's Doctor Who. Gotta, gotta bring in the timely analogy. Oh, my God. <laughs> this show is so dumb. Why do people watch it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's dumb, but you know what? The one thing I cannot stand would be a female oh, doctor, oh. you know? Like, that that's a step too far <laughs> yeah. to, to, to switch genders. Obviously, like, obviously we're yeah. kidding. That's, that's an obvious <laughs> joke from us, I think. Um, should be obvious. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so, I am, of course, your host, Aaron Hahn, joined as always by Jacob Lacey. <laughs> I just blanked completely on anything that even happened in this movie. Do we want to restart like, this? No, we're fine. We're fine. Um, catchphrase. Um, I, I, I mean, no, I'm not even going to do a catchphrase because appropriately for this movie, I blanked on what this whole movie was I, about. You, you so. have forgot. Yeah. That's true. You, The fact that you have forgotten everything about this movie is uh, actually somewhat helpful. Yeah. So... Uh, there you go. Because we are once again discussing one of the films from the list of 100 movies I made for Lacey to watch. Films that are interesting introductions to the larger world of cinema. And uh, this week, in celebration of the release of Dunkirk this weekend, uh, we're talking about one of my favorite director's earliest films, and that is Memento by Christopher Nolan. Um... I think I have to apologize to everyone. Um, last week I was like, ah, I don't know. I feel like I already know the plot. I, like, I, I already know the plot twist. I already know what the whole movie's about and everything. And I went in and I was like, oh, uh, the movie's backwards. And that's not the plot twist. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, I thought that was the twist. But nope, that's the whole point of the movie. So It's, it's like... Uh... The always sunny joke, and they're just like, Bruce Willis was the bald, the bald guy was Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> it's like, that was your actual experience with this movie. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> saying that, I was uh, very pleased with the experience once I realized that I was wrong. Um, so, without spoilers. Yeah, I mean, I'm very glad that... Uh... I'm very glad that you actually got to experience this film the way it was supposed to be experienced. Because I, I was very disappointed when you told me you knew the twist, but... Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, but, yeah, so, spoilers, no spoilers right now, but... I, this is, I've, I've been debating for a couple days now since I watched this movie... Might be Christopher Nolan's best movie. Like, I, I, uh, I'd be hard to be hard. Inception is the one that I'm like. Inception is one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, it's like my number four. And, but Memento, man, I was blown away by it. Everything in it, it's a damn near perfect movie. And I was, uh, honestly very surprised. But, uh, I loved it. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what else to say without spoilers. This is such a 
I don't want to... If you don't know too much about this movie, go in knowing as little as possible, I guess, would be my advice. So I don't want to go super spoiler on you. And yes. And, and the, twist, the twist is not that it's backwards. No. Just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I obviously don't agree with you that it's Christopher Nolan's best movie because, as I've said many, many times on this podcast, The Dark Knight is my favorite movie of all time. So it's not going to top that. But one of the reasons that Christopher Nolan is, you know, my favorite director of all time is because I think that pretty much every single one of his films has been a masterpiece. So I can't really, you know, fault you for thinking Memento is his best film because it's a film I also love. And that is why I put it on this list in the first place. Yeah. Now, I have a question not related to the Memento at all, <laughs> but related to Christopher Nolan. And okay. I don't know if I just wasn't tapped into this uh, ecosystem of film, at, like when his most recent movie came out, which was Interstellar, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, man, there's some real Christopher Nolan hate going on on the internet right now. <laughs> I don't know if you've been seeing it. Uh, well, I mean, like, do you mean, like, more than usual? Because there's always hatred for any director on the internet. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I don't know. I just feel <laughs> it was, like, one of those things I was looking at, like, letterboxed reviews for some of his movies, and someone <laughs> was just, like, in a film class, and everyone in the class says no one is their favorite director. This is going to be a horrible semester. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, dude. He's a really great director. I don't know that I agree with you, but, um... I mean, it it is true that it is very much kind of that... That, uh, like, white, straight male go-to pick for the <laughs> favorite director. <laughs> it's You're like, yeah, but well, I'm still going to pick him because I love all his movies. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just... I don't know. That was just something that I've been, like, realizing lately. And I'm like, jeez. <laughs> like, people just don't like Christopher Nolan. But people don't like things that are popular because they want to seem different. So, you know. Not to say that there's not legitimate criticisms against him as a director. No, but... that's not. That's not what I'm trying to say either. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just wondered if that was a thing. Anyway, back to Memento. All right, so uh, I guess we're going to talk about Memento a little bit with spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film yet, uh, highly recommended by both Lacey and myself. Uh-huh. And if you have seen it or just don't care, uh, let's get into spoilers. Um... I just, again, this is another movie I don't know where to start with, because the movie doesn't even start where it starts, yep. so. Well, you could start at the end, but the end is also the beginning, yeah. so you could start at the beginning, Yeah. but that's the end. I, I guess I'll try to justify my claim that this is Christopher Nolan's best movie, <laughs> even though I, I, mean, think, I think Inception is probably still better. I just am very, um, I don't know, I guess this is... Of the ones we've watched, other than Mulholland Drive and um, Fargo, which did a little bit, this is one of those movies that um, inspired, like, a creative fire in me again. And I think that's something that can't be overlooked as far as movies go, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And No, it does make sense, because that's one of the reasons why The Dark Knight has continued to remain my favorite film of all time, is right. that's the film that 
like inspired me to get into filmmaking. And many of Christopher Nolan's movies, other movies, do that as well, including Memento. So I completely understand. And this movie is just so damn creative that you're like, oh my god, why didn't I think of this first? This is amazing. <laughs> like, um, just the whole idea of its uh, nonlinear storytelling, its, um, it, its focus on character motivations and not much else. Like, there's a plot here, but when you already know how the plot ends... They they need to focus so much on the characters, and that's what really matters in the end in this one, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And just from all the performances as well, um, Carrie Ann Moss especially was like, my God, she can turn it on and off, man. <laughs> She's insane. Like I, I just I love that one, the, the one scene where, uh, the, like right after the big scene where. It's her, her character, like, twist is revealed, I guess, where yeah. it turns out she's been manipulating the whole time and all that. And then she just goes out into the car and sits there waiting for his memory to, like, oh uh, for him to, like, go into the next cycle of his memory kind of thing. Yeah. And she's just, like, staring from the car, and it's just, like, such a, like, evil, intense stare. And then it's instantly switched, you know, that vulnerable, you know, my boyfriend beat me up, so now you need to go kill him. Yeah. It's it's I, a great performance. Oh my god, it's amazing, and I love it. Kind of, it makes you wonder before before we move on. Yeah. It makes me wonder like why she didn't get more film roles. You know, yeah. Like you see her in like The Matrix, and then this, and you're I like, seen the Matrix, why didn't yeah. she have more of a career? I don't know. I haven't seen her. In, this is the only thing I've ever seen her in. So. I don't know. I keep on forgetting you haven't seen The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Why is it not on this list? <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, then we'd have to watch 2 and 3, and that would be a whole thing, I bet. And Hey, uh, you know I like 2 and 3, so... Wait, do you really? Yeah, I do. Oh, whoa. They're, they're fun. They have they have some neat ideas. Uh, okay, some, I didn't know that they have some. You. They have, like, style. I like, I like films that at least have, like, a directorial vision. Okay. Even if they're not great, as long as, you know, it's inventive. Okay. I'll like it. All right. You can get behind that, I guess. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, jumping off of just her character motivation and stuff. It, it. I love the shades of gray that this movie plays around in. And I don't think there's one character that is good or bad, per se. Carrie Ann Moss does some really evil stuff in this movie, but... She's also doing it because he murdered her boyfriend. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, you don't really feel that bad. Like, you don't accuse her too much of it, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the cop who's, like, really sleazy and killing off these, like, drug dealers and stuff and manipulating this guy to do what he wants. But it's like, yeah, but, like, he has the right reasons, I guess. So, like, no one, even uh, Leonard, is not uh, 100% justified in the end, where you find out he wants to kill this guy, even though, I mean, he's not really ever done anything wrong to him, per se. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like, no, I'm just going to decide to kill him, and guess what? I'm going to think it's the right thing to do in the end. And that's just how the movie ends. You're like, what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I do think that that is 
you know, like the the advantage of this storytelling structure, and you know, Nolan takes full advantage of it, is that playing around with our sympathies, you know, like we'll be drawn to characters that we think are friends, and then it turns out that they were foes all along. But at the same time, the knowledge that they were foes all along actually comes earlier in the timeline than our when we gain sympathy for them. So it's yeah. very fascinating, you know, the way it's playing around with that. Man. I, uh, question before we move on a little bit further, even, uh, written by Jonathan Nolan, correct? Yes. What else has he written that Christopher Nolan has worked on? Uh, he was, he co-wrote most of the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It was basically him, uh, Christopher Nolan and then David S. Goyer were like the writers for all three of those. Is it bad that before this, I didn't even know there was a Jonathan Nolan? <laughs> I suppose so, because he's written, he's like co-written most of Christopher Nolan's movies. Mm-hmm. I believe he's also helped out on uh, The Prestige and I think Interstellar. I don't know about Inception. Yeah. But. I don't know. And then he's he's also done like television work, like he's. Dot, he did a uh, person of interest with J.J. Abrams, oh. and and he did uh, Westworld as well. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So he's had a pretty prominent career, I suppose. Although I... most of it has been attached to his more famous brother. Poor guy, always living in the shadow. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Truly, the uh, the Luigi. Oh Chris yeah. Nolan's Mario. Yep. And everyone likes Luigi better. They just don't know it yet. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the case. Jonathan Nolan uh, directs a movie and suddenly blows everyone away. It's the Citizen yeah. Kane of movies. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Memento, back to that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have something to say? Let me let me gather my thoughts. I mean, I, I don't have anything really specific to say, but I just want to mentioned that one of the reasons why I love this film so much is just I'm fascinated by memory mm-hmm. and like the idea of like how much our memory like makes up who we are and like how memories can be like so easily manipulated by ourselves and it's just like so weird to think about like how unreliable we are to ourselves yeah it's just, it's really crazy to think about, you know, the, the uh, implications of so much of our identity being tied up into these, these past events that we're never recalling correctly. And the whole idea that, like, oh, maybe you, every time, like, you recall it after that, you're recalling the distorted memory you made. So it's like, you keep on distorting your memory over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know, it just really, you know, fascinates me, but also kind of horrifies me to, you know, <laughs> think about. <laughs> but for real, though, that that disease or that uh, mental disorder that Leonard has, that's like mm. hell on earth, man. That would be so horrible. Like, I guess it, <laughs> not to compare this movie to Fifty First Dates too much. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Please don't, yes. But to wake up one day, and you're old, and you don't remember getting old, 
Like, how absolutely horrifying would that be? That that's horrible. Yeah, and and you think about uh, Fifty First Dates, and they just have like the creepiest ending ever yeah. for a rom com. She just like wakes up all alone on this boat, pregnant. Yeah, and she's like, "How did I get here?" And you're like, okay. "Well, this is uh, this isn't as romantic as you make it seem, Adam Sandler. You're, uh... This is this is kind of uh, creepy." You're not gonna hear any com- or any like uh, complaints from me if you're gonna start calling Fifty First Dates a bad movie. I'm, I'm gonna be right there with you on that. Um, but yeah, Memento. <laughs> Back to Memento. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think it is interesting. You know how it's like he needs this uh, goal in life. To feel like, like he, because his memory is so short, he needs that like consistent goal, and that's what's keeping him going, even if he doesn't have anything else. And it is just kind of fascinating to think about. It's it's very much you know the whole idea of almost living in the moment, where he has to like be constantly engaged in whatever he's doing for that short period of time where he can remember it, but at the same time, you know, he does have that that goal to hunt down the John G and that's what's keeping him going. I don't know. It's just a fascinating character. Yeah. And, uh, God, I already forgotten his name. The guy who plays him. They do. Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Thank you. I mean, the only other thing I've really seen him in was Iron Man (laughs) three. And so going from that to this, my God, this guy can act. Like, he acts the crap out of this movie. <laughs> so, um, I want to see more Guy Pierce, but, I mean, do, do, not Well, do you want to see more of him in uh, Prometheus, where he's in old age makeup for no reason? And you're like, why didn't you just cast an old actor? Oh, yeah. Instead of, instead of putting Guy Pierce in a bunch of makeup? Well, it's because they wanted to do the the young version of him, too, though. In that earlier scene where they play like that like get out he's not, style. Even, he's not even that young in that scene is he not i don't that no, he's, i haven't watched it in i i think i've seen prometheus more than you <laughs> yeah no maybe your memory is just telling you wrong <laughs> he was a little younger at the beginning of uh alien covenant i suppose but oh even, that's God, a completely that's different movie too. just it's the same guy why am i not remembering this movie also side note you see that blu-ray covered alien covenant oh my god it's so good i want it right now even though i don't like that movie very much anyway um god we've gotten off topic so many times that's that's okay uh that's about what we do on this show so i mean if you're coming for it wouldn't be a proper uh uh episode about memento if we weren't like constantly getting distracted and (laughs) off track and unfocused there you go this is actually uh performance art everyone so we should we should have tried doing this podcast backwards and and see how it went that's a headache (laughs) that's such a headache um uh, anyway uh so yeah performances are all great the direction is really great i think the idea of and this is something very simple that I think someone, a lesser director, probably would be like, would mess up at, at some point. But it, it seems so simple when you're watching it, is that when a scene plays and it starts, like, okay, so it's him walking into the diner to meet 
um, Veronica. What's her name? Anyway, what? Carrie Ann Moss's character? It's not Veronica. I don't know what it is. It's, it's uh, Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> not, not even close. <laughs> and it's him walking in to the uh, diner to meet Natalie, and then the scene ends, and then you have the little interstitial, and then the next scene starts and plays like a few moments into that diner scene. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a like a brilliant way of doing it for some reason. I, well, like, because it, it, it it's a helpful way to like clue you into how exactly the structure is working, right. you know, because otherwise it'll be like if, if it was just like isolated scenes with no overlap, you wouldn't it would take a while to understand that the movie was running really backwards. And so it'd be very confusing. Um, but like, I, I do think one thing that's uh, interesting about uh, watching Memento is that after you, when you try to watch like another movie following right after Memento, your brain is like trained to think that scenes are happening backwards still. So I always get really confused with whatever I try to watch next oh after I watch this movie because I'm just like, wait a second, these scenes are going forwards again. This isn't how movies work. No, that's. Well, I mean, that's how one movie works, and probably another one that I've never heard of. Um, but, do, like, do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, any other director would have messed that up somehow. Of yeah. not letting those scenes run long enough, and that would just be confusing. And, uh, and those interstitials there, uh, the black and white interstitials, mm-hmm. I think, are also a really brilliant way to give you some kind of, uh clue as to what's going on or some kind of like break from the backwards leading into it backwards leading into it um, yeah i mean i think they're helpful you know both as the exposition relaying piece of the film essentially yeah. you know cluing us into how leonard functions like what his system is for keeping track of things and also as that break to help you know differentiate the scenes so that we are able to follow the structure better so i agree that it's a very well constructed film yeah and that's a lot down to the editing as well um Mm -hmm. yeah i believe this film like won quite a few like awards for its editing (laughs) it should if it didn't (laughs) um yeah so i don't know i don't know if i've made the case for why it's his best movie (laughs) i think you just kind of have to watch it i think maybe this actually might be his best movie i think inception's still my favorite But this is just so expertly crafted and written and acted and edited and the cinematography is beautiful and everything fits together in such a great way that going mm-hmm. from following to this, it's like, how did we get here? Like, Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because we had watched following for the main podcast during the Netflix book club segment. Yeah. And I was just, since that was his first film and this Memento is his second film, I was just wondering what you thought of that transition. I, like I said, like, how did we get here? (laughs) Like, Following is a good movie, but it is nowhere near the level of mastery of his craft that he shows in this movie. I mean, you can definitely see uh, similarities between the two. Like, you can can see uh, Nolan, like, establishing his style with the, uh, both the, uh, non-linear narrative we saw that in following as well and you know just kind of like the neo-noir uh genre Mm -hmm. you know the whole style of it is the same 
and that's something that was a lot of uh, Nolan's earlier career was in that genre. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I agree that this film is definitely superior to following. It's <laughs> it's it's hard for me to rank the Christopher Nolan films because, as I said, I love them all so much. Yeah. So. Have you seen uh, the only one that I haven't even like heard of? I, like you've seen them all, so I don't even know why I'm asking this question. But uh, mm-hmm. Insomnia is the only one that I've never even heard of, and I'm wondering if if that is up to up to quality standards. I mean, I've never heard of it, so. Yeah, I actually really like Insomnia. It might be my least favorite of his films, but again, that's, you know, not, like, anything against the film, because I would rank all his films very highly. But you got yeah. you got a really... You got really great performances. You got Al Pacino, and you got Robin Al Williams, Pacino. and, like, a really, you know, like, out-of-character role for him, which is really fascinating okay. to watch. So, I would highly recommend it. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Are we, uh... Yeah, I mean, uh... I don't know what else to say, really. I, I, This is just a movie that... I don't know. It, it's inspiring from a creative standpoint. And mm-hmm. it is uh, one I'll surely be going back to uh, probably time and time again at this point. Because... Yeah, I am interested in... I, I do wonder like how well this film holds up upon rewatch though, because it is very much a, a lot of the appeal is in that surprise of the you know mm-hmm. progression between the scenes and then the twist at the end. So it's not a film that I feel the need to go back and rewatch very often, but at the same time, it is a really great film. I think, as far as a rewatch goes, I think it uh, it comes down to how. I don't know. The reason I I would be interested in rewatching it is just because of the uh, the mastery of of the craft of filmmaking in that movie. Just to watch it and to understand how stories fit together and how um, shots should be composition com- compositioned, <laughs> composed, <laughs> and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's actually a good point. point. I don't remember like. Uh who this quote is attributed to, but I saw I saw it on, like, Twitter the other day, like, you should watch a film twice, like, once to enjoy it and once to learn from it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very much that mentality. Yeah. Because this is an excellent film to learn about filmmaking from, because it yeah. is such a well-constructed, well-made movie. <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, this is like... <laughs> This is like a very film student movie. <laughs> it's, uh, take from that what you will, I guess. Um, but yeah. So. I think we're good. Alright. Uh, well, where would you rank this among the movie we have, movies we have talked about so far? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we have to talk about that. Because, um, well, I have my list ready to go. To all right, yeah, go, go ahead, because I didn't even, I already forgot. I was going to put it in my list already, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to surprise Aaron with what I thought about it. Because um, hmm. I know you're just you're just checking those lists all day, yeah. Aaron. That's all you do. That, that's how I spend my days. I just, you know. What, is, what lists have, has Jacob updated recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, for me personally, I rank it 10th uh, out of 20. So uh, behind The Graduate... Before Doctor Strangelove. 
Yeah, our, our lists are going to be very, very different by the end. Because The Graduate <laughs> is still number one on mine, so... Um, I'm gonna I mean, hey, that's fine. Hey, no, yeah, that's the whole point. As long as you're enjoying oh, at well, least most of these movies, uh, I'm happy. Played, not so much, but everything else, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to put Memento at number six. Um, behind Doctor Strangelove, uh, right in front of all the President's Men. All right. Yeah, so. Maybe a little bit more. Should I uh, should I think about it? But we're going to be going through it in the end anyway. So, Oh, also, guys, just want to point this out to everyone who listens. Uh, we are now officially one-fifth of the way through this list. So, uh, Indeed we are. Yeah, um, For whatever that's worth. That means you only have 80 more of these to suffer through, listeners. So. Enjoy. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't don't tell them what they're already thinking, Aaron. You can't do that. No, no. I hope I hope you guys are enjoying these things and discovering some new films through them, or at least in, or like hearing some nice discussion about films you already enjoy. Yeah, hopefully. 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 But and, and if you and if you don't, you're getting eighty more anyway. It's it's like that Charlie Sheen show they made for FX. Where they're like, let's order 10 episodes, and then let's order 90 more after that. Th- did that really that was happen? A, that, that, was, that was a real thing. That really happened. Oh, sweet God. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, okay. So, uh, that was our discussion for Memento. Uh, if you want to find us around the web, you can find Jacob at Jake underscore Lace on Twitter. You can find him at Jake Lace on Tumblr. Uh, have you posted anything new? No, I am working on something, though. Um, not review-related or fix-this-film-related or list-related. So, something a little different. So, hopefully, that'll be out soon and you guys can uh, can read it. All right. Uh, if you want to find David from the main podcast around the web, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter. dbex with two S's. If you want to find me around the web, you can find me at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. You can find me at this clever blog name is already taken.tumblr.com. Uh, also, don't have really anything new up there, but check it out anyway. Aaron, you see that Planet uh, of the Apes yet? I, I have not, no. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, bud. I have to do like a double feature this weekend with you, Dunkirk. You said that last week. <laughs> you said that with uh, Planet of the Apes and Sp- uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's been it's been busy. No, I'm I'm not. I'm just giving you crap. But. If you want to find the main podcast on the web, you can find us at Reboot RD on on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook for uh, updates on new episodes and the like. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a review if you like what we say. All right, Lacey. So next week. Oh, I already uh, had one. I what? had one in mind. Oh, okay. Because uh, Atomic Blonde comes out next week. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what's the uh, most action-y movie on this list? And now I don't know a lot of these movies on this list. <laughs> so uh, I went with Django Unchained, if we want to do that. Um, I think that's an action movie. I don't know. It's somewhat an action movie. I was actually going to go with The Raid, though. Oh, dude, yeah, Raid. Sorry. I forgot The Raid was on here. We got to go with The Raid. 
Because one, you wanted to get to one of the foreign films on our right. list. Dude, and I also, it is probably the most action-packed movie on this list, outside yeah. of possibly The Raid 2. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember any conversations we have, so <laughs> I, I completely <laughs> forgot we wanted to start doing that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. We'll do Django Unchained later, when Quentin Tarantino makes that Charles Manson movie. Yeah, he'll, he'll have another film eventually. Or if not, there'll be like another... Oh, maybe we can do it uh, the week after that, with The Dark Tower. It's somewhat a western. Sure. We're stretching, but sure. <laughs> anyway, so next week, we will be talking about The Raid. So, until then, don't think it. Don't say it. Bye-bye, man. <laughs>